Uh, concerning effective ministry. Thank you. Please, please can you hear me give her the microphone? Yes. She's here. Is there another person there? Well, you are going somewhere else. Is that, does anybody else want to talk that way, please? If you signify, so we'll know. Oh, here, okay. Thank you, sir. You said um, ministry service and that the goal of ministry is childlikeness. Not childlikeness, Christlikeness. Christlikeness. Yeah? And that um, greatness is not the goal, but that um, when you serve, you shouldn't look at the greatness. It's your role to serve, and it's God's role to make you great. Thank you. Please, let's put our hands together to appreciate her. I think there was another hand this way. Okay, like two hands. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, I think one of the um, things or statements that struck me more was how you summarized Matthew 28, um, where Jesus um, talked about the Great Commission, and you said more and better Christians. It, it sort of just changed my perspective in looking at that scripture. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Yes, I thought there was another hand up this way. Any other person? Okay, last person. Thank you. Oh, did you see somebody I didn't see? Oh, somebody was here. Okay, let, let's take our sister first and then finally. Praise the Lord. You say something about um, effective ministries, everyday lifestyle. If some people don't have Bible, they can read you. Okay. Thank you. I didn't say that, but that's a nice... You, are, you won't put it better than I did. <laughs> you put it better than I did, yes. Thank you, sir. I learned that ministry, a ministry is to the end that more and better Christians are raised. Then it captured how I can be a blessing to both the unsaved and the saved at the same time because it's about raising, uh, it's to the end that more Christians are gotten and then better Christians are raised. Thank okay. you, sir. Thank you very much. I think somebody already said thank you. You know what I'm doing? Because I noticed a few people are dozing. And it's very easy after a hard day of work to doze, yeah. So, but I know this will wake people. This kind of thing, you, you, yeah, you. You are still raising your hand. I thought, why didn't you raise your hand before? Okay, we'll take him. Praise the Lord. You say that um, the people in the secular world, people that work for top people, most of them they have millionaires, big rich people who have made it to the top working for them, that there is nothing wrong for the church to also adopt that so that pastors will live a better life. No, I'm not am, saying church right. adopt. No, I'm only saying that's what is right, and it, even the world knows that is right. That is so right. What, so the church should know better. Yeah. And so I don't say I'm not saying we should copy you, the world. You are not saying that we should copy, but it's a good idea. So. <laughs> Let me put it this way: when when Aaron and Hor held up the hands of Moses, if Moses stretched his hand and at a distance, there was victory. 
those who held his hands physically, was that power not passing through their hands? Uh, so that, that's so. It's not that we have to copy the world. It's because that is what is in the world. The world is doing it, and some parts of the church may not be doing it. So I, I don't believe we have to copy the world. Yeah, it's that it, they are doing something that is in the world, and so shouldn't we be doing what is in the world if the world knows that they should do it? So, yeah. Thank you. Please let's appreciate everybody who has spoken. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 now. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men please us, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. This is very important. Whether we like it or not, at some stage of life or the other, we'll be under authority. And even whatever stage of life you are in, you are still supposed to be under authority. So anybody who doesn't want to be under authority is not ready for ministry. Because some people don't want to, you know, they have problems with everybody, everywhere. They don't want to serve because they don't want to be under authority anywhere. But we just read, as servants, we are to be obedient to them who are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men please us, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. So it's like we are to be nobodies. So when people respect us, it's because they respect God. It's the grace of God that they value. Think of somebody like David. Saul was so mean to David. Can you imagine your best friend's father behaving like that? Running after you from pillar to post and all that? But David said, you can't touch the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. So it's because of the anointing of God on Saul. So if you ask me, it's really the anointing of God that David valued. It's not the character of Saul, it's the anointing of God. And I don't find it surprising that David ended up being the kind of person he was. Okay, okay. It's showing that you go. I saw something here. So I, was, I hoped everybody was seeing the issue of cell phones. So that's why I turned about to see whether it was on your own screens as well. Okay, thank you. So, the regard we have for God is why we respect His servants. And if you want the grace of God, the anointing of God, you need to respect the grace of God and the anointing of God on other people, particularly those who have gone ahead of you. I want to assume that person is switching it off. Although I don't think phones of nowadays are like that. It's the phones of before. Those uh, Nokia, can you count that? When you switch them off, they made so much noise. I don't think phones of nowadays would do that. If you just put it on silent or vibration, I don't think it should make noise like that. So effectiveness and impact will follow service. Effectiveness and impact will follow service. Can everybody please say that? Effectiveness and impact we follow service. Please, can you say it again? Effectiveness and impact we follow service. So begin to serve the community where you are or where you hope to reach people. What can you do to help that community? Think that way. You see, many times people think of how we can get the community to come. It's in the Old Testament that people came. If you wanted to be part of the covenant, you came. What Jesus said in the New Testament is that we are to go. Anybody who wanted to become a Jew in the Old Testament, 
you know, the, the, the person will come and become circumcised. You will come and meet them. You will come and be part of the covenant. You will come in. Now we are to go after them. So think of the community you want to serve. Think of the place where God has positioned you and ask, what can you do to serve the people around there? It's the service many times that we attract them. I can give an example, and then one or two people can give examples also. For instance, if people have a problem with water in the area where you are, and you sink a borehole, and you put a tap outside, for those who are in the neighborhood to fetch water, don't you think that will see, make them see you positively? Because, you see, what we do normally is that we disturb people on Sundays, there's so much traffic in the neighborhood. That's what we, you know, I feel bad about it. Because I see it, traffic on the road to church. You know, I'm talking about a church I pastor. I don't like it on Sunday. I see that people can't be happy if they want to pass and then so many vehicles are there because people are turning to church. So, so many times people, somebody who is not born again is irritated by that. Think about it. You put yourself in a person's shoes. And you know, you want to go out. You, there are so many vehicles. You have to wait all these people are with their wahala. So isn't it good if there can be some positive things also? Like you decide to put some lights at night. You decide to put some security to do some things that can help community. Because that way, they start to see Christianity in a positive light rather than another way. Can somebody suggest something? Sir? Toilet. Okay. Yes. We have a mechanics place near where our own churches. We made public toilets for them. Yeah, just this example you gave now. Yeah, we, we, we gave them public toilets and put WCs and all of that for them. Yes? Sorry, I, I didn't hear that. Free health care. Occasionally you can healthcare. run um, free health checks. Free health checks. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, good. Can somebody else suggest another one? Yes. Presently we're running um, a, what do you call it? A WAEC, uh, WAEC jump and neko classes for the kids in our community. We're covering four subjects physics, chemistry, maths, and English. Because we don't want anybody in our community to fail. And uh, the response has been good. We feed them, we make sure they come and they enjoy it and they've been coming. Very good. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of thing. You know, uh, uh, maybe I'll mention a particular program we have in the church I passed on now, but part of it. It's uh, similar to what he said. In Jam, we have like 90-something percent pass. And we ask, they, we make them make outsiders to come. Because we have teachers, we have people like that, so they make them come. You know, if you went to school and you ever came across marking scheme in your life, after that, you should not fill an exam again. How many people have come across marking scheme before? The day my eyes were open to marking scheme in school, it's not enough to just read. That is what examiners are after. So when, if you come across a marking scheme in your life, for the rest of your life, you know how to answer questions. Because it's not just reading. It's about knowing the kinds of things that they ask for, for what reason, and all of that. So we have things like that. Let me, let me just talk about this program I was saying, just by the way. So what Pastor said now just made me to remember it. And this is by God's leading, believe me. We, we have like, I don't know whether 17, 19 professions. Think of any profession you, you have now, any legitimate thing. Whether it's artisan, you are, whether it's uh, whatever, do doctors, this. So we have something we do once a month, sorry, once a quarter, where people connect. 
So the idea is, you know, there are different generations of things. There are some people who have retired in that profession. Like, if somebody is a lawyer now, there is um, corporate law practice. You can be a company secretary. You can be this, you can be that, okay? So there are different angles of law. So a retired lawyer who is also age is there. Current lawyers practicing also are there. Student lawyers are there and all that. So once a quarter, we have this forum that different professions will come together. So when we come to church on that day, everything is just short and then everybody goes to different groups. So doctors meet. You know, there's problem of doctors and nurses and physiotherapists. You know, you know that the underground fight that's always there. So everybody's put together. So the design is such that invite unbelievers of that profession, of that thing. Let them know that what they are coming to learn in church. Look, there are people in STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and all of that, who, those who have been involved, mathematics, those who have been involved in getting scholarship outside the country, because some people are not aware that it's possible some things are funded. So in that forum, they are told, younger people are mentored, people are told things, and then after the main thing, we now come back for the service for a short thing to hit the world so that there's an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ and all that. And there are WhatsApp things that all of them continue working on. So these things continue. No, there have been people, for instance, who were into vet things. They had problems with some birds. They needed to do some things. And their WhatsApp, do that. So, so, and so, and so is the problem. And others will come up and say, let's get together. We buy something of you, so, and so. And the person was built out of what would have been a problem. Once a quarter, you know, that happens. Now, it's so serious and so organized, we had to do a whole series of explaining to people that the primary aim is evangelism. That's the primary aim. Everything, the primary aim is evangelism. But also, there's discipleship inside it. You know, that everything. So, we took time to explain this thing very well. It took a while for people to get it. Some people thought it was Kana. Some thought it was Kana. That time, can you come to church for that? So, we started bringing people to give testimonies like three weeks to when it will happen we will take two or three testimonies for people to explain what happened to them how even so we have onisha or we have onisha or those ones in yoruba they speak because the kinds of things they do how to let them keep records some people don't know about that you know when you are making money is coming every day and you are spending it every day you don't know whether you are making money or not so in their own group that's the kind of thing that we focus on so the things that matter to you it can be your profession or it can be an area of interest so that happens once a quarter and then so by the time two or three people gave testimonies and people's eyes were open to, oh this is happening and that's so people now started coming now it's not leading to salvation of souls yet as we want but it's already achieving something so part of the angle is what he talked about now about students so you can imagine writing jam and practically everybody getting admission because of this kind of thing don't you think it's a good thing for church to be doing things like that it's effective ministry we are talking about isn't it don't you think that's ministry do i need to go to school now but somebody is in school. That's what the person's stage is in now. So think along the lines. Let it be by God's leading. Yeah, let God lead you because the principles, like I said yesterday, are issues. You don't need to copy practices. That is working somewhere doesn't mean it's going to work for you that way. But you can borrow the principle and see what you can do with it to make the lives of people better. Because that's part of leadership to make people's lives better. 
You know, part of what we see uh, in, in Proverbs, the Bible talks about lazy person, you know, learn from the ant and so on and so forth. It says, having no overseer and yet preparing food in summer. What does that mean? It means without a leader, it has foresight. That means part of what leadership should do is to make people to prepare for a better tomorrow. So if we are Christian leaders, then we should be preparing our people for a better tomorrow. So what are we doing about the education of our children? What are we doing about this group, that group? How can tomorrow be better for them? We are responsible for it as Christian leaders as well. Can you please say amen to that? Okay, so let me go on. We just talked about a few things we can do to impact the communities where we are that can put us in a positive light, that can make people become more interested in the message we have to preach. So an effective ministry is always purpose-built. It's always towards a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. See, a purpose. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should work in them. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That means God gives us both the desire and the ability to please him. He gives us both the desire and the ability to please him. So look at everything you are doing, everything you are going to be doing in the light of the purpose. What's the purpose of it? So what we are doing now, does it serve that purpose? If it doesn't serve that purpose, we might be wasting time. Part of what COVID has done is to make us do more things online. Some churches were not doing it at all before. They have seen the need to do it now. And even those that were doing it before, there are some things that have become less relevant now and some things have become more relevant. For instance, in Abuja, you know, you are not taking it as seriously as we are taking it in Ibadan. I don't know whether it's because of the governor or whether, because I think Abuja is supposed to be number two as per the severity of it. Lagos also number one. If you, if you come to try to pastor, but now everybody will wear, wear you know, your own face mask, some of you is nose mask, some of you is chain mask. <laughs> yeah, we're very strict about it. You can't even enter the premises without a face mask. And everybody has, and, and the social distancing, you know, is taken very seriously. Well, we don't take it very seriously. I don't think you are taking it seriously in Abuja. You know, yeah, we're taking it very seriously in Ibadan, or at least in the part of Ibadan where I stay. Yeah, everybody wears face masks properly, you know, and it's, it's, if not, somebody's going to tell you to, to wear it well. And we're sitting very closely now, unless you are from the same house, obviously, you know, you are supposed to be uh, far apart. Now, what I'm saying in essence is post COVID, we should be thinking already what has changed, what will remain, what's going to be different. Because we should be ahead. If we're going to be effective, we should not wait until the thing catches us on our wares and then we start on the up and down. So what are we to do now? Effective ministry post-COVID. It caught us napping. I was in school and did not know that this happened in 1918. I don't know how many people were aware that this happened in 1918. You knew before. Before this time, can you please raise your hand? Very few people, like three people in this whole place. I didn't know. I'm not ashamed to say that I didn't know. They should have taught us in school. They didn't teach us. And on days after the same thing is happening, and despite our technology and all of that, we are still going through years of this thing. 
I think we owe the next generation to put details of things down so that if this were to happen, they will know how to take care of it. Nobody told us. So, what can we put in place now for effective ministry post-COVID? Can I have one or two suggestions? You see, everybody's awake now. Since you are, it has become interactive, everybody's awake now. Yes? Can I have one or two points? What can be put in place in the light of where we have found ourselves into this world? How ministry can become more effective? I caught you on our ears. Okay. A stronger and more intentional presence on social media. Thank you. So, I think we mentioned this yesterday too. So, yeah, are you on social media? Because there are people who ordinarily would have thought being on social media is carnal. Yeah, they don't think it's a serious thing. But if you know how many people follow all those footballers, you know, all those people, all those stars, if they were to be born again and tweet something, can you imagine potentially how many people they can reach? I see Pastor T online. I see Rima. I see them on Instagram. Because that's where the world is living now. That's where young people are living. If we are to reach young people, we must put things out there. So if you are here, you, you should not be outdated while you are here now. If you want to reach people now, you have to be on social media. And you have to get things across, and it has to be attractive enough for them. Thank you. Any other, any other point? Yes? Okay, um, I think the churches um, should encourage training because um, I've had the experience is going to churches to offer social media training. Churches encourage it. Even if at a smaller or free of charge, they encourage church members to be trained because part of my experience is um, when you go, some of the members say it's demonic, is this, so they discourage it that at the end of the day, that training is not did you say pastors or members? Churches. Who is discouraging? No, I'm saying who is discouraging it members, and saying it's demonic. My personal experience are discouraging that it's, it's no good exposing themselves or the truth. They see a lot of things in the platform, so they don't even encourage us coming in to train. Some okay. of them, anyways. Okay, thank you. So you believe churches should enlighten people more on social media? You know, we, we, we have a program once a year. We have a casual Sunday once a year. We flag off. I'm talking about in the church I pastor. See, I'm not asking you to do these things. I'm just using them to illustrate things. We enter festive season, December season, you know, bright lights, all, all that. We started with what we call casual Sunday. We all come dressed casually. Not irresponsibly, but casually. You know, a pastor normally on Sunday won't dress a particular way. I won't wear short sleeve and wear jeans and all that. But deliberate that Sunday, and a lot of young people, you know, will come for that. So we do unusual things, and then we take a theme. The theme for last year was social media. What you are saying now, the theme that we did last December was on social media. So we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You see, the good sets of social media, the bad parts of social media, and the ugly parts. You know what I mean by ugly? Because there's pornography going on on social media. All kinds of funny things are going on on social media. There are people who will 
somebody will expose the person's breasts to you on social media and you will masturbate and all that. And you know, before you could say your children should go into their room and go and sleep because you have taken them from television. Now, if you say that, they might be on social media doing something like that. So, so we talked about it to let people see the benefits of it and the dangers of it and how much on it you should be. And that's what is called, I will remember the word in a moment. I'll remember in a moment. But you should let me describe it. Somebody can supply the word to me. When somebody said I should watch one program on Netflix one day, it's, it's amazing what is happening in the world. You know, when you do something on social media now, it starts giving you that kind of thing. For, what do you call it? Suggest, yeah, it suggests something, but there's a word. It has a word. An algorithm, but, but there's a word. There's a word for the thing itself. Yeah, that, 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 that's like the research part of it. But you see, the thing is, you like boxing, you check YouTube, it will keep giving you boxing, you start seeing it, you know, and all of that. I'll remember the word in a while. No, no, there's a word for it. There's a technical word for it. I'll remember in a while. So, anything you like, because I'd always wondered how did they recruit people into all these terrorist groups? I'd always wondered because you, you know, how, you, how do you do it online? But apparently that's what happens. So you think social media is general, but it's specific. Your interest, one, they see your interest. To the thing will be giving you that kind of thing. It will be giving you that kind of thing. So what you like? You like table tennis, it's going to be giving you table tennis. It's going to be, so you think that's what everybody sees. It's just you is giving. So when they see that you like things along the lines of you, keep watching terrorist things, it's going to give you more. And then you are hooked. And then you start, they start communicating with you directly. And through that, they leave. So all kind, it, it, it's terrible the way things are becoming over this kind of thing. I, I remember the word in a while. Or maybe I'll just go and check. So, Sorry? No, 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 no. I don't want I will find it anyway. I'll just check my notes and see it. So, I understand what she's talking about. It's important that people, because when people have light on it and they know how far they can go, they know what is safe and what is not safe. Because the truth is, social media, whether we like it or not, has come to stay. And we need to utilize it for God because every knowledge that is man given that is positive is God given and it should be used for his purpose. All things were made for his purpose. Is what is wrong that we should be against. But we should. So let's hear what our brother has to say. Let me look for that thing. I will look for the word in a while. Even if we have to stop here today, it's okay. I think we've come across some things we probably wouldn't have talked about before. Thank you, sir. I think we, um, as a church, need to have a proper disaster management plan. Because during the pandemic, it was very difficult sorry, for us I, to I, I, Sorry, I wasn't listening. It's, it's social dilemma. Yeah, that's what it's called. Social dilemma. That's what it's called. Social dilemma. Thank you. Go on. Yes, I, I was saying that um, I think we need to have a very comprehensive disaster management plan. Because during the pandemic, it was very difficult for people to put together their response. They didn't know how to respond to the situation that was happening. So it took a while for people to uh, put their thoughts together and, and um, agree on what to do, how to do it, and all of that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, not everywhere. Some people were ahead. That's the honest truth. Some of us were ahead. It didn't, even though we didn't know COVID was going to happen, but there were some things we were already doing that now looking back, it even became obvious that God must have led these people. 
some things are in place that we were already doing and when it happened we just continued doing those things and it was clear that our god there's only no way these people could have known it had to be god because you know why church can't just be preparing the way you are talking about you know church is faith and so that would be unbelief to say we should be preparing for something negative you got it so we have to balance it so we should yeah we should i know what you are saying we should be practical we should be as pragmatic as possible but uh, we can't be planning for evil also that should in case evil happens uh, we, we need to have fire uh, extinguishers things like that you know hey that doesn't cancel faith that's safety but by the time we're now saying uh, everybody should jump from there you know that well uh, but I, I think we should understand him because what he's saying is very important it's very very important because if there were to be an issue now here in this place if this were a western country before we started this thing somebody would probably come and make an announcement and say there are social toilets here in the, in case a fire alarm goes off everybody should go through the exit that kind of thing is likely to happen in a western country believe me if before we started this program tonight you see that's part of the things we use faith for and believe god for sometimes uh, organization and arrangement can take care of those things in many places so the more exposed we are the more we also take advantage of them without negating faith because here it is in acts 27 God spoke that God had spared the life of everybody traveling with Paul. God had spoken that all of them would be saved. And then we don't hear. <laughs> and then the sailors wanted to escape. They wanted to escape. So I'm impressed that Paul was aware enough of his environment. He was not a spirit, spirit head in the cloud person. He saw that he wanted to escape. And he said that those guys are trying to escape. What did he say? If they escape, none of us will be spared. None of us will be saved. I think that's instructive. God already spoke to him through an angel that everybody's life will be saved. And he said, if those guys escape, none of us will be saved. What was he saying? Despite the fact that God has spoken, there are times that we still need the knowledge of professionals for those things to happen. So we need human knowledge. We need professional. So some people think seeing a doctor is wrong and all of that. There are times we need people who have learned things along professional lines so that what God has said will be fulfilled in our lives. So safety things need to be put in place and so on and so forth. And however that applies to, uh, to COVID, you know, we can't go into the details anymore because our, our time is almost up now. We have just a few minutes to go. But I'm happy we are thinking this way. And you see, we're generating these ideas by ourselves. So you know what I want you to do now? You, see, you go home for yourself as a Christian leader and think. We talk about spirit a lot in church. And we know body. But problems in life are solved because some people thought. So think of challenges now. The things that are in place now. I found myself, I was telling you yesterday about some younger people that were mentoring concerning the work of the ministry in church, I pastor and, and all that. Part of what we will try to say to them is that your generation is different from our generation what you are dealing with is not what we are dealing with now so what you will come across in your own time there are things that were not an issue in our own generation that we are generation. so we need to try to figure out finding yourself ministering the next generation what will your challenges be and how are you going to tackle them see when we think that way prayerfully you will see that we'll be ahead no matter what the devil tries to do because we are taught about it we're ahead. We start doing those things before they happen. So some of us were on social media before. Some of us were already streaming services. We streamed every service before. So when they said we couldn't 
have service, everybody stay home. It didn't change anything. We just continued what we were doing before. But for some people, big churches, some of them, three months, it took three months, like our brother said now, before they even knew what to do, before they started. But some people were already doing it. It was like we were wasting money when they were, were doing it. But it's because we listened to younger people. Because we had young people in church who think that way. And it would, might be like waste of money. But when COVID struck, we were already doing it for years. And we just continued what we were doing. And it was as though, ah, how did they take Duam? It's not anything more than thinking and trying to plan ahead. Effective ministry. So you can call this session that we had in a few minutes now, Effective Ministry 2022. <laughs> so is it, I think this is the last one for today. So on, until our time is up, let me just try to see if I can say one or two uh, more things. So always go back to the purpose. It is said that um, 70% of the combat of Billy Graham State committed, state committed in church. That's very serious. I think that's effectiveness. Don't you think so? An evangelist who will come to a place, a minister, and long after him, people will stay in church. Up to 70% of those people stay in church. I think that's effectiveness. Do you know certain things won't happen without prayer? There will be serious prayer going on for that kind of thing to happen. And there will have to be some deliberateness. Some things don't happen by chance. I think somebody referred to, I overheard it, we hadn't come in yesterday, when somebody referred to the prayers of Ephesians and Colossians that Kenneth Hagin popularized in his lifetime. You know, I expect everybody who is here to know it by heart. I expect you to be praying them for yourself. I expect you to be praying them for people under your watch. So that's part of what we are talking about. Because if God opens the eyes of people's understanding, it becomes easier for them to be established. There's no way people will be established if there's no prayer. There's no way people will be established if they are not fed. So there must be things like that going on. Don't forget more and better Christians. Just look at it that way, more and better Christians. So how do we get more Christians? How do we get them to become Christ-like? That's all, what it's all about. So how are you to do it personally? How am I to do it personally? The church God used me to start or whatever fellowship I'm running, how do I do that personally in the light of today's world? So think, pray, plan, prepare, see the angle God will have you do. And as you do it, you will see results in Jesus' mighty name. We will continue tomorrow. Let's bow our heads to pray. If you got anything today, thank God for it. And uh, if something is broader now that you need to go and focus on, ask God for help. The message is the same, but methods can change. What will be effective today will be different one will be effective. And you see, we are already saved. If we keep thinking for ourselves now, we are getting it wrong. There's another generation coming. There are people who live on social media today. So how do we reach them? So ask God for help. I want to invite Pastor Tokes to one close us in prayers. Just talk to God. Ask him for insight. How to Wisdom is putting knowledge to use. Some of these, these things we, we're hearing and we've heard, 
What are things that we need to do in thinking, in praying, in planning? Just propose in your heart that you're going to be all that you can be for God. Be more effective at what he has called you to do. How can we be a greater blessing to more people? How can we get more people saved? How can we get more people to be better believers? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that we've heard this week, what we've heard today. Thank you for what we'll hear again tomorrow. Our hearts are proposed. Our minds determined. We won't just be hearers of your word alone, but we'll be doers of the same. Thank you, Father, because there's a lost world out there that doesn't know Jesus, that you want us to reach. There are people who need to grow up in our spheres of influence. Help us, O oh God, to know how to reach them, how to be more effective at what you've called us to do. Thank you because we have the mind of Christ. We are led by the Spirit of God. The greater one is in us. He thinks through our minds. He speaks through our lips. He acts through our deeds. Thank you, Father. As we go home tonight, we know that your angels, they keep God over us. We're blessed in our going out. We're blessed in our coming in. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Well, maybe you want to give your neighbor uh, an elbow, a high one, like we give a high five, or give them a wave. Praise God. See you again, 5 p.m. tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Have a lovely night's rest. Student.